Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele on the Ground podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero, joined by Mr. Aaron the Voice Nakamura. Say what's up, Aaron. What's up? Mr. Kahai the Legend Fergan. Say what's up, Kahai. What's up? And the Almighty Magic Mike Ono. What up, buddy? What up, man? Welcome back to the show. The Almighty Mike Magic Mike. Yeah, man. What's uh, what's, what you been been up to? Working. Working yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you work for the people who are who are maybe watching you for the first time? Because this, you know, just like with any comic, any video game, any whatever, this might be someone's I, first episode, I someone's first issue. Here. Yeah, man. Like, where, where, where do you where do you work at? I work at Scotty's Music on the island of Kauai. Yeah. So, you know, this my Magic Mike here is our uh, music theory, music history uh, expert here on this show. So what, what, what makes you qualified to be our music <laughs> expert and music theory expert on this show? Like, what's, what's your credentials? I'm older than all of them. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. That's what it is. You know, we respect our elders in this show. Okay? <laughs> right, Kai? Yeah, especially, especially when your elder taught not only you but your sister as well too. Right? Yeah. And, and from not 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 like not just when you're uh, like older high schooler taught you when you were very young when in elementary school. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, I taught his sister when she was five years old. Oh snap! <laughs> so you are a music teacher. You work at a music store. You uh, you have a music hat on. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. like that makes things legit. I think <laughs> I don't think you can pull that hat off unless you play music or bass. That's, no, not really. <laughs> That's the checklist, right? Music <laughs> store, teacher, hat. Got yeah, it. Got yeah. all three. All three. <laughs> Who do we know that fits those criteria? <laughs> right on. So Magic Mike Odo is here. He's going to be answering some questions. So we are live for all of you UU Plus members out there who are joining us live. You can free to ask uh, Magic Mike whatever question you want. It can be uh, usually, you know, we want these music theory type questions or music related questions or writing or whatever, you know, instruments. Magic Mike can answer all of those questions for you, but, you know, you can ask him anything else either, you know, like, right? You know, who's your favorite Street Fighter character, all Absolutely. that, you know what I mean? Like, you can ask whatever they want, right? Absolutely. Who is your favorite Street Fighter? Because you're wearing that shirt. Right, 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 right. Ryu? I have to look in the right there, Ryu. <laughs> really? He's number one. Very vanilla answer. <laughs> or, or, I have two. Okay. I, I can. Alternate. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, so, so Tahitian you, vanilla. Damn. <laughs> uh, oh, chocolate swirl. Yeah. Okay, vanilla well, bean. No, vanilla the two guys I, I would rotate between is either Ryu or Honda. Mm. I'm a huge I spoken mean, like a man. real Japanese person. Dude, Ryu, absolutely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryu, uh, and Honda. Ryu, well, let's pick the even more Japanese guy. What's more, what's more Honda. Japanese than karate guys? Sumo what's, guys. What's Honda's first name? Edmund. Edmund Honda. Mm-hmm. See, you are a Honda player. Usually, people are like, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Edmund Honda. I hate it when they do Ed. Ed Honda. Ed Honda. <laughs> no. The car dealership? <laughs> Come on down to Ed Honda. <laughs> right on. See, it's already kind of derailed. See, that's, that's, what, derailed. that's what happens. That's what happens the here. When, when, my, when Magic Mike, the almighty, powerful <laughs> Magic Mike joins us. So, uh, let's get started, gentlemen. Kai, do I have any questions for Mr. Magic Mike? Yeah, we were kind of talking about this yeah. earlier. So uh, Jim asked, "Doesn't Mike have a UU shirt?" Ooh, <laughs> did he? So did he really ask that? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. My, so no, <laughs> I don't. And I, I want to. I just asked them yeah. if they had any here, so I could buy one from them. But apparently. 
the UU shirts are only available from their web from the website. So I gotta go to yeah. the website. Yeah, right? talk to our secretary about that. <laughs> no, but speaking of UU shirts, yeah. we're gonna Yeah. Transition. So this is the rarest ukulele underground merchandise that is uh, that is known to man? Because Algerine's wearing like Mike. <laughs> no, not this one in particular. But yeah, I don't I know so. if it's the rarest, but it. Oh yeah, I guess it yeah, would be yeah. the earliest. The earliest, yeah. the earliest. Uh, I guess the rarest would be the mint green one that I printed. It was only two of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so you do, so, you still do yeah. have. I, I, I have, I have both. So I have this. Numbers. This is the oldest ukulele underground shirt. This was printed back in '08 or '07. Aaron, did we print this before we launched? Uh, After, right? Yeah, it might have, must have been 08. Yeah, so this shirt is early, 13 years old. Early 08. I have two of these. One in extra large, which I am wearing right now, and one in medium, like back then when I lost a ton of weight. And then I gained it all back, and this is back <laughs> in extra large again. Young, so anyway. young Aldrin was a medium. <laughs> so uh, this shirt is actually, like, it's rare because... You know, people who have this shirt are the people who believed in us, like from the very beginning. And I say that because we didn't have, we didn't even have money to print the shirt out. We did pre-orders, and the only way you could get the shirt is if you pre-ordered a shirt. And those, you know, like those pre-orders, what we use to buy these shirts. So it's not like they were available and people bought them and stuff. It's only like people who are like, oh, okay, well, you know, these guys look like good kids. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll throw them like we twenty dollars like, or whatever. Videos online, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like. So we printed these shirts out and with our original, you know, white, red, and brown colors. So this is, and there's been many, many, many iterations of the ukulele on the ground shirt since then. Um, but this is the, you know, the the earliest, one of the rarest ukulele on the ground merchandise, you know, to date. There's a lot of people, you know, with a with, with this shirt, but a lot of them, like, you know, are kind of OGs and they're they're in like a closet somewhere i know this was in my um in a box like in my garage and i just like dug up I'm like oh my god it's my original uu shirt so <laughs> this is yeah it was um it was a pre-order or like i don't know how much we'll get and stuff but it was it was surprising we had a surprising amount of orders so there's a lot of these shirts but it was only available in the first few months of ukulele underground and never available since so i've i mean i've worn supreme you know like box logo t-shirts in the show but none as rare as this shirt right <laughs> yeah. here and uh next i actually have that you know that men's shirt so maybe next week i'll wear my like ultra <laughs> yeah. super duper secret rare uh mint green variants of this <laughs> shirt because i'm a fan of mint green and um so i bought blank mint green shirts and i asked the guy like uh, if i uh, if he could just print it out like yeah, for, we well, were, i actually asked we were printing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> asked Aaron, can you ask the guy to just print out you know like the ukulele on the ground like um shirt on this t-shirt though so I, I bought two of them and i'm the only one who owns both those shirts <laughs> in that color mint green ukulele on the ground t-shirt now maybe i'll wear it next week i found that too in the same box oh yeah so yeah. so this year's yeah. ukulele underground fundraiser is going to be <laughs> well, you know like yeah. it's yeah so, we, so actually yeah the shirt that you're wearing yes is like that's how we built pretty much everything yeah that, yeah because we have we didn't we we started off with Three hundred dollars. Yeah, hundred dollars. Oh, mine was even like an actual hundred dollars. Mine was yeah. through an ukulele. That, yeah. That, so that, Ryan, yeah. me, and Aldrin each contributed a hundred dollars to the formation of Ukulele mm -hmm. Underground, mm -hmm. the company. Yes. And then, um, and then we 
we spent it on mm. like hosting, right? Yes. We, yeah. Hosting and Aldrin spent his on an ukulele that we gave away. Yeah. The first giveaway. Yeah, it was, it was a kala, um, soprano kala ukulele. Yeah, yeah. First giveaway. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then the only way that we made money was from that shirt. Yes. And then we just yeah. reinvested every time since yeah, then. Yeah, printing out more shirts yeah, and stuff. Until that was, we could afford yeah. cameras and then we could afford other things. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's how, it's how it all began. There's lots of, lots of history with this, you know, with this shirt. And I'm, I'm so stoked to find it again. Actually, Aaron found my, uh, my old medium shirt and I have that like vacuum sealed and like, <laughs> it, and I'm not ever taking, it doesn't fit. So it doesn't really make sense. And that was a shirt that I wore on tour. So like that medium shirt, um, our very first tour in like in San Diego, like San Francisco and stuff. That was the one that I was wearing. So I have that vacuum sealed and locked away somewhere. And that's like one of my most prized possessions. I have cool. that. I, ha- I do that with some of my like mm-hmm. uh, like all the musicals I do. Mm. I, I usually get a shirt from there. Oh, if, I was, yeah. if I was really in, invested in that, I just put it in a vacuum bag. Yeah. yeah. The vacuum bag is getting bigger and bigger though. <laughs> <laughs> adding shirt, like let the air in, put a new shirt in, yeah, vacuum yeah. seal it back up. Yeah, yeah man. It's uh. Yeah, that one, that one is special to me. That one's not coming out. <laughs> that one's not coming. Yeah, like I lost it once, never gonna lose it ever again now. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, this and the mint green t-shirt, pretty much the the most rarest ukulele underground collectible that you can you know, that you can get. That's I'm stoked. I'm very happy to be wearing the colors again, man. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to the um the public ukulele underground forum, mm-hmm. like forum.ukuleleunderground.com. Mm-hmm. That still is still in the original colors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. White, red, and brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now it's like green and you know. Twenty fifth anniversary of Ukulele. He's gonna. I, I guess. When is the twenty fifth anniversary? Well, what are you at? Like thirteen, fourteen now? Yeah, yeah. What's that? So like eleven years. From I, now? I guess okay. oh, twenty years. Wait another. Put that thing in the vacuum seal on eBay. <laughs> Minimum bid twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, well, that's when we'll reprint the shirt. We'll reprint the shirt at our twentieth anniversary. Then we'll yeah. reprint this, and people can get it, another chance of getting it again. It'd be funny if we we reprinted the shirt and we did like another contest where you mm-hmm. can win a hundred dollar soprano call up. <laughs> <laughs> what are some other like rare ones? I know the the red one is rare. Like uh, there's there's a red one. There's a there's like a Kelly green one that like that was you know that was all no a blue one was kind of rare. Yeah, we did um we did a couple. Uh, contests where we ask for like designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though so there's those, a white one. Those, yeah, was, there's yeah. a white one with mm-hmm. like a really nice ukulele underground design, mm-hmm. and that was only printed once. Mm-hmm. We did, um, we did that. Ditch me, please. Con- oh, contest. That, yeah. It's people who donated to like that, uh, the I middle have school. One of those. Yeah, yeah, I don't have one yeah. of those. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, and that one's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a series that we did where. Um, I think we might still have the video on YouTube where Kyle, he was the guy that was printing our shirts. Mm-hmm. He he took, um, oh, it was yeah. like the excess yes. paint, yeah. you know, from because he, he prints a lot of shirts mm-hmm. on Kawhi. And so he would just take like the excess paint from sh- um, screen printing and just throw it in a, this bucket. Like this mixed paint. Yeah. yeah. So he he took like the, the swirled mix of just paint from other jobs and he like throw, yeah. threw it on the screen and then it came out. So each um was unique yeah, yeah. each one was unique yeah so oh, so cool. there's like yeah. a, it is like a white shirt is that a, a white? it was like a 
tan shirt yeah. or something like that, mm. and and it was like multicolored mm-hmm. print. Like on so the like ukulele on the ground um, yeah. logo. So that, that one, sick. those those ones are yeah. like one of one, but yeah. it was a series that, that mm. we printed. I I forget how much, like maybe two hundred or three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's yeah. some people with like really cool collections. Like I know Suki has a really cool collection of like ukulele. She has yeah. one of those like uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, swirled, the multicolored swirls swirled and print. stuff. I think she has one of these like OG ones. Um, she might have a blue one, which is also rare. A red one is is rare also because those like I think like less than ten or twenty that were printed. The red and blue ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then we had women's fit shirts too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which were um, not super rare, but like we definitely sold less of those. Yeah. Than the than the general. Mm-hmm. So. Also hoodies, like uh, a bunch of the hoodies are, oh, are now yeah. there and stuff. So man, I yeah. I wasn't a hoodie person back then. Like now, like I, I kind yeah. of those should... UU hoodies. I wish I bought one. Yeah, we did we did regular um, pullover hoodies, and then mm-hmm. we also did zip hoodies. And the zip mm-hmm. hoodies didn't last too long. I know that Craig. I, I have has one of those one. zip hoodies. Yeah. 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 But I don't have like the now I wear like the non-zip ones and stuff. So uh-huh. like that's one that I didn't get. Yeah, I do have a regular uh, zip-up UU hoodie. But but yeah, if you know if you want if you guys want some ukulele on the ground swag, we do have a you know we do have a store that sells a bunch of uh, ukulele on the ground merchandise now. So you never know when when we'll pull that <laughs> pull those off. So Kahai, where can they buy ukulele on the ground merchandise? You can just go to the site and then there's a link that like. On the top of the site, it says store, yeah. and you go to merch store, and then that's it. You you can get, uh, I don't know, do we still have hats on there? I think, I think the hats might have been sold, sold out. out. Uh, yeah. yeah. But shirts, yeah, we definitely yeah, have Yeah, Rob, Rob bought them all, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do we have both styles of hats? Because we had like a trucker hat, and no, we had like the, no. Oh, that. No. That too is rare, like a trucker hat, ukulele yeah. on the ground, rather than the, um, like the baseball cap looking one, mm-hmm. you know? Or like the flat build ones and stuff. Well, yeah, we've had some really cool merchandise in the past. I think the uh, the last of our hats were the trucker hats, right? And the baseball caps we didn't really have anymore. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, but I, I think I found some and I sent them to our bandware account, mm-hmm. and, and then they sold them out after yeah. that. So Oof, that's it. Man. So if you'd like some of these, please uh, <laughs> direct an email to ukulele.com. <laughs> And uh, vote on what you'd like to have re-added to the store. <laughs> yeah, what should we reprint? We can reprint <laughs> stuff, I guess, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that like, we're not like those, no, it'll never be printed ever again. No, it <laughs> might be. Maybe for our 15 year, that's coming up. Yeah. 15 year anniversary, maybe we'll print out these and then we'll we'll put like a, a thing in the back that says 15 years, like yeah. ukulele on the ground. Maybe like a special edition, you know? We've also done like a bunch of different colorways mm-hmm. for the Say Aloha. Yeah, aloha to uh, to my little friend. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. say aloha tea. We've done a, a bunch of different color combinations for that. They did a run DMC shirt. Like a lot of people, like let's say it's ukulele instead of the run yeah. DMC. Oh, That's yeah. Yeah. I wear that all the time here in the show. So that was also the one point. Yeah, man. Anyway, yeah. Mike's here. Let's ask Mike some questions. Now, yeah. let's stop talking about ourselves for a second, guys. <laughs> Although I love ourselves. <laughs> Kahai. Can you uh, can you ask Magic Mike another question, please? Yeah, well, Jim actually asked uh, or said, <laughs> "How about some of Mike's stories?" When uh, I'm guessing he he's trying to ask, "When mm. did you get started performing?" Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> Backstory. Yeah, what's this? Mike doesn't yeah. remember. He's been, he's been <laughs> what is your origin music. story, Mike? He's been playing music since an embryo. <laughs> what was it? Was your performance first music or was it a different type of performance? It even? was a different kind of performance. The first time oh. I was ever on state. Well, I mean, okay. So I grew up here on Kauai. So it means like every other kid, mm-hmm. I had to do Mayday and Ukulele. All class. right. Okay. I don't count those. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Because mostly you were forced to do it. Yeah, yeah. The first time I ever performed willingly, I I was in I was in an acting group. Hmm. Uh, for those of you going group on Kauai, you know what this is. Anybody K-Pak. else? What K Pack? Yeah, K Pack. I was an intermediate K Pack. I played a Japanese tourist. <laughs> that seems a little specific, right? There. <laughs> oh, oh, not nearly with my director. Uh, it, I was a Japanese tourist with a fisherman's hat, big thick glasses, a loud Aloha shirt, <laughs> surf shorts, and about eighteen cameras hanging from my neck. <laughs> was this a, uh, a, it's a not redo? Of a... <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> is, is that a redone of that one Aubrey Hepburn movie? <laughs> no. Oh my god. No, at least I'm Asian. <laughs> Mickey Rooney was not Asian. Mickey Rooney, that's right. Uh, <laughs> what movie was that? Be- Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at uh, Tiffany's. <laughs> where they took a, where they took a, they took a white dude oh, and just caked up makeup on his face uh, to make him racist. look like. He didn't even really look Asian. He looked like a Japanese guy that like his face got stung by a bee. Oh. <laughs> it was bad. If you've never seen it, you can oh, look up. Bad. Uh, I don't even remember the character's name, that's, but look up Mickey Rooney, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, that's just Hollywood, baby. And <laughs> prepare to be offended. They could do that. They could do it there. Yeah, it's fine. It's cool. No, um, it was a play about uh, – it takes place at like an amusement park mm-hmm. that has like a big tower. And there's a guy on there threatening to jump off. And it's a comedy about all the people who are gawking watching him. <laughs> so <laughs> They could not do that, did they? No, no. no. It's a play called Help. If you, yeah. If you, but yeah, so I played a Japanese tourist who comes – Walking on, click, 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 click. Oh, look, man up on tower. Uh, oh, did you do that voice too? He wanted that voice. Oh, my he wanted, God. He yes. wanted that voice. <laughs> he wanted that voice. Authentic, coming from a Japanese person. My right? director was Asian too, so I give him. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And, and he was kind of a wacko, so, uh, he's, so I completely understand that sense of humor. Maybe for everybody who's listening who yeah. doesn't know Mike, what is your last name, Mike? Oh, it's just Odo. <laughs> yeah, if you cannot, see, if you're not watching, if you're not watching, you're only listening. I am Japanese. I'm, I'm Chinese. I, I'm Japanese and Chinese. And actually, as I found out with my sister, 23 and me, I am partially Korean too. Oh, okay. I don't know where all the though. Asian. Yeah, all I, the I'm Asian. all the Asian. I'm just not Thai or Vietnamese yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like no went, jungling, no jungle Asian. No, it's, it's all <laughs> all city Asian. Went from the continent to the peninsula to the islands. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm all jungle. Asian, <laughs> so it's still not great but <laughs> but at least no it, it it's not mickey rooney yeah yeah so that was uh in middle school that was my eighth grade year mm. oh, i mean so technically i guess i had done band concerts before that because i joined mm-hmm. in seventh grade okay. Oh, okay but of course you know if you're in middle school band you're not i mean you're you're in the back of this you're on the stage with like 50 60 other people mm-hmm. so it's uh. not really performing like like that was performing right. Oh, so so you started uh, middle school band. What did you play? Saxophone. Oh, okay. So that was sort of that was the first time I actually main... p- decided to play an instrument and play it and actually be serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. You know, because like like I said, if you grew up here, you did ukulele in elementary school. That was mm-hmm. kind of just one thing you did. 
I was never really serious about it. Mm. Mostly, I think, because I was forced to do it. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, it's it's Thursday. It's ukulele time. So the teacher would come rolling, like, the big box of ukuleles in. And <laughs> yeah. forces all to take one mm-hmm. and play. And I was just like, I don't really want to yeah. do this. But, but middle <laughs> school band was, like, an elective, right? So, it was an elective. Mm. Now, I do think that it was it was a very kind of shove you into one of those things because it's either, like, well, when you, either when you guys art, got right? to middle school there were way more choices oh even even mm-hmm. just even though there wasn't not that many years between mm-hmm. me and you guys uh-huh. like when when you got to seventh grade which keep in mind sixth grade was still part of the elementary school at the time yeah so seventh grade you had an elective you had three choices you could either do band, you could be in chorus, or you could do general music, which is like the <laughs> learn facts and play recorder uh, class. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I don't want to sing, and I definitely don't <laughs> play recorder. I'm taking band. Yeah. yeah. And then one of my Hanai older sisters played saxophone. I watched her play. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So I decided that's Sax. what I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that in the next year, the next year they opened up like two other things, but both of them didn't interest me either. Mm-hmm. So because they added like art, yeah, and um, team sports. Uh-huh. Neither <laughs> again, neither of which, neither of which interests me in the have. slightest. Yeah, you're yeah. not like us, sports people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. See, see, the thing is, I was, I did was athletic at the time. Not now. I was athletic at the time, but they didn't have my sport, which would have been. Well, it would either be bowling. Of the sports I could have played, it would have even been judo, boxing, oh, or kickboxing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Neither of none of those they were going to offer they you. They were in not sanctioned grade. by the so, OE. <laughs> yeah, you were probably not going to get you know a boxing class happening. So, so yeah, and then about ninth, tenth grade, I started taking even more seriously, and by the next year, I was just randomly playing here and there with friends and stuff like that. Um, I started doing musicals and I, I did have a lot of fun with that in my sophomore year. And that actually pushed me pretty far, pretty fast yeah. because, you know, if you've ever seen a musical play, it's like three hours of almost nonstop music at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very large book and a lot of music mm-hmm. you got to learn in a very short amount of time. So that kind of pushed me to, to be more serious and more serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, sophomore year is where I picked up playing percussion. That's what I did most of that. Mm-hmm. Junior is where I put the playing bass. Mm-hmm. And so by senior year, I was actually doing all three, just depending on what group we were in at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like marching band, I played, sorry, marching band, I played saxophone on the field, but I played bass in the stands. Mm-hmm. Concert band, I played saxophone. And then jazz band, uh, no, uh, concert band, I, I went back and forth between percussion and saxophone. And then jazz band, I played saxophone. Mm-hmm. And so I, after that, especially I would probably say after my junior year, I decided to get really serious about my junior years about the time I decided like, okay, once I graduate, I'm going to go to school for music. I want to mm-hmm. do this. I want to. Um, and so by my senior year, I had, I, by then I was actually playing not just with my high school, but with the next high school over, which was quite high school. Mm-hmm. So our the the director we talk about all the time, Mr. McIntosh, he figured out a way to get me enrolled at Kauai High for band. <laughs> Even though you yeah. weren't attending Kauai High at all. Even though I was he not was attending Kauai High, except, to show, <laughs> except I just showed up to play in band. Yeah, yeah. So he, what? So the jazz band was like a learn center, like KPAC at the time. Mm-hmm. So anybody from A school could sign up, and oh. then he used that as like a pivot with Mr. Mm-hmm. Yasumoto to get me signed up for concert band, symphonic <laughs> band, and women's ensemble. <laughs> So I would get every quarter done, I would get my report card from Kapa'a 
And then in the mail, I get another report card from Kawhi High. <laughs> we just flew Ben's classes yeah, yeah. and A's on all of them. Yeah. It was great from a GPA. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And then uh, that's when I just, I, got, I just jumped fully mm-hmm. into it. I decided to learn more about music. My senior is actually where I picked up my first teaching job. Mm-hmm. Down in Kapa'a Town. So, for anybody who live here on Kauai. Where the behind Ona Family Restaurant, where the shoe shop is mm-hmm. on the corner, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was actually a music school. Oh, yeah. It was a Yamaha branded music school. Oh, I do. I remember that. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. 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 It, it, you probably would have been pretty young when that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, so, yeah, it was a Yamaha branded music school. It was like, so they had all the little keyboards and the one big teacher keyboard, and it was like the whole Yamaha curriculum. And I got a job there as a teaching oh, cool. assistant. I might have. That's, I where, I, that, that's where I took. That's where I taught Kira. Uh, wasn't ah. there an upstairs? No, 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 no. It was only one floor. Oh, okay. Hmm. That might have been. <laughs> yeah, because I, mean, I, I had a I had a separate piano teacher, but I think we were looking around before I got the the to piano teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that's that I was. The, we I taught there for. There. I taught there uh, as a teaching assistant for about three years. Uh huh. Mm. And then I ended up teaching a couple classes of my own and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I enjoyed that place a lot. How did you learn piano? Uh, I just got the book that the kids were using. <laughs> <laughs> and because you knew music. And because I knew music, I yeah. could... And of course, I'm teaching five-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's like, there's, like, all one hand, three fingers only. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, it was not that hard to stay ahead of them. Uh-huh. Now... A little bit later, <laughs> when we started to get slightly more advanced kids, and it became a little bit harder to to, to keep ahead of them. Yeah. But the fact that I could read music really well, mm-hmm. and I I didn't know where everything was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, how how do you play this on the piano? Well, maybe I couldn't like just sit down and rip out the whole piece, but like if there was a section, I could figure out where the mm-hmm. fingers were supposed to go and yeah. show them that way. Yeah. So, so pretty much uh, like being an ukulele teacher nowadays. Yeah, yeah, just stay yeah, slightly of, yeah. ahead of the students. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> and so that that was it. I just I, since that mm. point, I've just been playing everywhere I could, whenever I could. And mm-hmm. I'm I feel fortunate to have been growing up on Kauai, where I had a lot of older musicians mm. who would kind of took me under their wing and were like, yeah. That was good. Keep doing that. Or, no, that sucked. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kahai, next question. Uh, yeah. So uh, maybe we'll go to this one. Uh, so we got it sent in. Mm. Somebody sent in their uh, song for the song challenge. And along with the song, uh, their song for the song challenge, they asked, uh, or they, they said, our chord progression, oh, this is from Chris and Sue, sorry. Uh, they said, our chord progression is F minor, D flat major 7, E flat. We found we could also solo using both an F minor scale and A flat major scale. So is this really an F minor or is it in the relative A flat major? Aren't these in the same chord family? What's the difference and does it matter? So for those people you know, who are wondering, it sounds like this, F minor. Here is the D flat major seven, and here is the uh, E flat. So this D flat major seven, it's actually more of a B flat minor with an added nine in there. Mm. So it's instead of a D flat major seven, it's actually B flat minor add nine. So because it would be like that context, yeah, in this context, because it would be like F minor to the B flat minor, which makes sense, right? Right. And then to the E flat, which and then back to the F sharp minor, right? Can you play that progression just like just so that people know? 
So, your take. So no, not, not my question. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain. Just setting up the stage for you. Yeah. Okay, now go. So the question is, so <laughs> dance. <laughs> um, so the question you really asked was, is this really an F minor or is this an A flat major? So the way to think about it is, you said the scale you were using to solo over was both of those scales. Well, you're correct because they are basically the same scale. They're just starting in different places. Mm-hmm. So from that, it's hard to. It would be harder to just. If I didn't hear you do it and you just sent me that information, I would have a very hard time telling you, oh, it's this or that. Mm-hmm. Because you, because the thing with relative majors and minors is that because the scale is the same for both, I can't, you can't just look on paper and say, oh, that's it. Now, we did get a chance to listen to your song, though. So it's definitely a minor. It's yeah. definitely an F minor. <clears throat> if, you ever have, if you ever have trouble figuring out which one you're doing... Stop thinking about the theory part for a second and just listen to your song. If you yeah. listen to your song, the combinations of notes used for the melody, they definitely came out in a minor format, not a major format. Mm-hmm. So short answer is yes, it's a it's F minor. I would definitely mm-hmm. qualify that as an F minor. Um, with different voicings of the chords, it actually doesn't even matter because whether you consider that first one, that second chord, a B flat, nine, minor nine, mm-hmm. or a D flat, Again, it's the same thing. You're using a lot of those same notes. Mm-hmm. What is the context in which you're using it and what kind of melody are you playing over it? Many times, if you just listen to a chord progression, sometimes it might actually be kind of hard to figure that out. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, because you could, because if you want to think relative major and minor, you could think of anything in both keys. So instead of say F minor, you could think, oh, what's the first card's an A, a flat major? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the, what you would notice most likely is that your melody does not match as well or sounds significantly different if you try to think of it as an A flat major playing your melody. Mm-hmm. And because of that, no, it's definitely F minor. Yeah. You guys did it right. Yeah. yeah. I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's also important. Like, it's your song. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is also Whatever true. you yeah. want to call it. You're yeah. the but, authority yeah. on it, right? But really, like, you're starting all of your phrases on the F minor and yes. you're ending all your phrases on yep. the F minor. So it's that's pretty much the, mm-hmm. the like, what you, you yeah. said, like, the chord center, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're definitely, you're definitely. You're definitely using that as yeah. like the the, the, key the, the key center yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. just this thing about it like that. Yeah, because like if you were to play a D flat major seven, like um, if we're you know doing it in a different voicing, like that's more a D uh, D flat major seven because you have you know like the D flat in there and the the you know that major seven along with it. So it'd be the and although it's it's okay, mm-hmm. I mean this, it sounds more like that's a lot more acceptable, you know, than right. uh, than that D flat major seven. That's why I went with the B flat minor at nine sounds rather than the yeah, to sounds that. closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too uh, that might be a difficult thing with the theory part is that if you start writing the notes down, just writing those down, like if you just wrote these things down on paper, mm-hmm. it's it's harder to it is harder to narrow in on exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You know, um, so context is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. listen to the, listen to whole, the whole structure of what you're doing. <clears throat> That'll actually give you many more answers than writing it down on paper and like analyzing it from like a theoretical position is going to give you. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good job, guys. That, I heard the it song sounded was good. really yeah, cool. Yeah, it sounded good. I thought like because yeah. usually they have, um, you know, I I always kind of tell them about their rhythm when they're when they're kind of playing together and stuff, Chris and Sue. But in this case, like there was that backup, you know, like rhythm that's kind of going on. Yeah, they found out. in my face. I tried to get So yeah, they usually have this uh, this kind of rhythm thing, um, you know. The going on but since the um the the background kind of rhythm that they had it was a lot easier you know for i'm guessing for them to follow that like that kind of background yeah. you know background rhythm mm-hmm. or uh rhythm section in this case instead of just like a click or whatever and i thought it sounded great and like that's the potential that you guys could sound like with uh you know with, with that proper really yeah groove yeah. and rhythm yeah it's good Good. Yeah, uh, something that is useful is I mean, obviously, I do kind of tell people working with metronomes is really important. Yeah, you know, to help to build up your. But honestly, if you have a drum machine program or something mm-hmm. like that, honest, you know, that'll do the same thing for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if like I was taught with a metronome because that's more what was available mm-hmm. at the time. But for for you guys with all these other you know resources available. If you just decide to like get a basic drum machine or like it's built into your keyboard or mm-hmm. even there's a bunch of like online ones you can probably download to your computer Apps. that are just free. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Play around with those. It's not like just because you're adding in like rhythm and beats instead of just a click, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to go off time. It's still going to be that same mm-hmm. metronomic in. time. Yeah. And you and maybe it's easier for you to hear, feel a beat like true just this. I mean, if you're taught to go with that, yeah, you can go with that. But man, sometimes it's a whole lot easier to just have like a whole beat going on behind mm-hmm. you. We were we actually talked about this last week, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Where we we were just, uh, we gave the advice to somebody to record using a drum beat instead of the metronome mm-hmm. to really get the groove and like because uh, I feel like when you you. You can make a groove using a metronome, but it's if you have somebody who's actually playing the drums and they have they they're not playing exactly, but they're kind of playing with a swing. Yeah. You get that momentum that you yeah. don't get with mm-hmm. just a straight <clears throat> metronome. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, since we have you here, uh, a few weeks ago or two, like two or three weeks ago or something, uh, we had Craig and Sarah on mm-hmm. our show. Sarah, jazz master, jazz ukulele master, Sarah Mizell. Mm-hmm. Okay. We asked her a question of how do you comp jazz for ukulele? I want to ask you the same question since you just said your whole backstory, first instrument you played, ukulele. So <laughs> you've played ukulele longer. Qual- definitely yeah. qualified yeah. to yeah. answer this Longer <laughs> than jazz master Sarah Mizell. <laughs> so... I feel like you're trying to set it up so that if we ever meet, we're going to fight. <laughs> so... How do you comp jazz? Causing backstage heat. For ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> Legit x <X-Hockey>. heat. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, I did watch the episode. Yeah. And her, I mean, I would kind of echo a lot of what she said. Mm-hmm. Um, in a basic jazz format, it's four on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, and that actually comes again from the guy she mentioned, Freddie Green. So Freddie Green was a big band jazz guitarist. With I believe it was the Count Basie Orchestra. That's where he got kind of famous, and he was kind of famous for just going chunk 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 chunk, chunk just four on the floor. Mm-hmm. Now, part of the reason was at the time, uh, the drums 
for for those big bands actually wasn't based around the swinging ride symbol as we tend to think about it. Mm -hmm. The further back you go, the more it was the bass drum, hmm. and they would just go just pounding floor mm -hmm. on the floor. So the guitarist was actually just trying to latch on to that. Mm -hmm. Now, while that did pretty much kind of you know go out to influence everything else with jazz guitar as we got into later uh when the when it did get into like smaller groups like quartets through the bebop era and stuff like that you did start to get a little bit more syncopation on it uh -huh. you know a part of it would be if you think about it when you're dealing with a band of like 20 20 dudes uh -huh. if you start to play like some sort of syncopated strum you're really just contributing to like an overall kind of sonic clutter uh -huh. So when guys like Freddie Green would just play four on the floor, which match up with the four on the floor of the bass drum, yeah. that gave a very clear, which is also, if you think about it too, bass players anyway. at the yeah. same thing playing four on the floor. Mm -hmm. So it was basically this really powerful quarter note mm -hmm. beat that was emanating from the rhythm section. Yeah. And because with a, in a big band, you have so many moving parts. Like the saxophones mm -hmm. are doing one thing, the trombones mm -hmm. are doing something, the trumpets are doing something else. Yeah. If you have the rhythm section doing something overly complex for music like that yeah you're just gonna you're just gonna make it sound like you're not together really you're stepping in each other's toes all the time basically yeah you know um now when it, after the big band era in the in the 40s when the bebop era came and you got down to guys and then you got down to situations where it was like five guys mm -hmm. four guys five guys something like that the bass player and the you know if you were replacing say the piano player with a guitar player it it became a little different. There was more sonic space to be had. Mm -hmm. Also, at the speed bebop players went at, which uh, just talked about metronome. You know, your average jazz band piece was probably somewhere between 120, 140 beats a minute. Mm -hmm. Your average speed on a bebop tune was about closer to 300 beats a minute. Mm -hmm. So, uh, music jazz lesson for you, Kenny Clark. Uh, he was pretty much like the first jazz drummer who moved the uh, the playing of the beat away from the bass drum to the ride cymbal. Mm. Because you think at 300 beats a minute, which is about this. Yeah. If you can imagine trying to stomp your foot that yeah. fast for the bass drum. <laughs> without the, without yeah. a double. Without yeah. a, which didn't exist at yeah. the time. Although there were guys who sort of got around that. Uh -huh. Louis Belson was the first one mm -hmm. in the 40s. And that's, he, that's what I was going to say. Louis Belson. <laughs> yeah. Because he, yeah. he showed up with two bass drums. He was the first jazz drummer to do two bass drums. Yeah. And so he could do all the do -do 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 type stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he had to bring two whole. He had to bring two bass drums for yeah. it. He wasn't like nowadays we have like a pedal that can do mm. both. Oh. Um, but for the most part, most guys did not have did, did yeah. not bring two bass drums. Yeah. Especially um, <laughs> Louis Bessel was primarily like a big band drummer too. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So two big twenty two inch bass drums pounding away really helped propel a band. Whereas you know you're playing with four guys, you bring a setup like that, they're gonna look yeah. at you like, yeah. oh, so this is this, this is gonna be a, just a drum solo, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's a drum show, <laughs> yeah. So Kenny was not able to play bass drum like that, so he moved that to the swing beat that we all know so on the right side. And because of that, that actually changed the tenor, the the whole tone of everything, because then the bass player was really the one going boom, 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 boom. They're actually still playing the four on the floor mm -hmm. with this swinging rhythm over top, which actually gave the guitarist a lot more mm -hmm. room. So you start to hear a lot more like syncopated upstrokes and stuff from the guitarist mm -hmm. in that era because there was more room to fill that could, but they would fill more room, but it still wasn't at the point where like it was 
like too much stuff. Single so the guys yeah. on the top were like, oh, I have no place. I have no place mm-hmm. to play because you guys are filling all mm-hmm. the space. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that so that would be the same thing. It also depends on what kind of genre of jazz you're playing in. Mm-hmm. Now, I think one of the reasons Sarah would think more in that realm is that listening to them, they like playing in that like swing swing, swing era mm-hmm. type music. Everything I most of everything I've ever heard is swing era type music, mm-hmm. where that's still more of a Freddie Green influence. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure his name has come up. I, I'm going to be the first one for this week. But <laughs> if you if you listen to A play, <laughs> I know he's the new one. But if you listen to A play when he's playing like some of that faster hardcore yeah. bebop style yeah. and he's strumming along yeah. he's not going tung 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 he's like using syncopated strums and stuff because that's mm-hmm. more of the style he's playing mm-hmm. in so anything mm-hmm. prior to the 40s the freddie green four on the floor is a great ideal mm-hmm. anything after that at least through probably the 60s which is more bebop hard bop and the beginnings of free jazz mm-hmm. Things are probably going to get much busier, more complicated, more more syncopated in mm. that strum. It's not going to be four on the floor. It's going to be like like an actual. Uh, we don't use these here anymore, but strumming pattern. Like the mm. strumming pattern is definitely going to be more <laughs> or like a, syncopated or yeah. yeah. rhythm. Than, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely going to be more of that than straight four on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's my answer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you um? Do you think all well, most modern music follows that format where there's like a hierarchy of like you know your your rhythm on the bottom and then something above that and then something above that where yeah it can it can get more complicated the higher that you go but you still need that like, bottom that bass to lay the foundation. I mean, there, there's definitely there's definitely exceptions to this. Obviously, if you listen to like 1970s fusion, Chick Korea stuff, <laughs> every level is like super complicated. <laughs> but, like a, but but like but then I tend to but then I tend to look at that or tower of power. <laughs> I tend I tend to look at that as more like very finely like very finely matched clockwork pieces. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to like old Return to Forever, Chicory Electric Band from the 80s, uh, Herbie Hancock's Headhunters, yeah, they're playing very complicated from the bottom up. But each person is like... Each, yeah, yeah, each thing is fitting in mm-hmm. like like that cock, uh, clockwork cogs. Yeah. And so th- it makes more sense at that point. Mm-hmm. Tower of Power, the horn band. Yeah, the, the drummer is actually playing super syncopated stuff. The bass player is playing a lot of notes, but it's like kind of straight 16. So when he's going, and that's providing almost like that, that bass that the, dr- that the drummer is actually mm-hmm. playing around with. Uh-huh. You know, oh. uh, when you talk about modern pop music, it kind of goes back more to what I was saying. But I mean, if you think about like, listen to anything top 40 nowadays. The drum beat is almost invariably crazy simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the bass usually latches onto the bass drum part of it uh-huh. with maybe a fill or two here. But mm-hmm. the, the core of the rhythm is like whatever the bass drum, is, bass drum is doing, the bass player is probably playing something with that. Mm-hmm. If they're not, then what they're actually doing is like filling in the spots that the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's one of those two yes. things. Yeah. yeah. Either they're playing really in sync or they're playing, filling each other's gaps musically. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to ask, like, as a bass player, do you have a preference of that style of playing? Like when you're comping for somebody else and you're playing, 
you know it's like you're playing bass and somebody else is playing drums are you trying to follow the drums or are you trying to fill in the space so the answer to that would definitely be first my qualifier would definitely be depends on what kind of song i'm playing Mm -hmm. um if i'm playing in like a fusion like a jazz fusion format no, I'm definitely going to kind of do the more complicated thing because that's that's appropriate. One one thing that I think that young musicians have a real problem with, especially we talked about this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Young musicians, especially the ones who have great technical ability, the problem is their sense of musical maturity and appropriateness is oh, yeah. Yeah. really, really low sometimes. <laughs> I have a conversation with you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we've all known some young kids mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like you like 12 13 14 and maybe they can they can actually play you know mm-hmm. they're not you know it's not they're not Steve Viet or anything like that but they can play yeah mm-hmm. but the problem is they're so young that they're the type of kid who's gonna like noodle guitar over the top of everything <laughs> not gauging <laughs> every yeah yeah you yeah. know what I mean I, it's like they, they hear space and they're like, oh, I this must space, fill. Yeah, yeah, this space is for me. Oh, it's <laughs> so kind. Everybody <laughs> made space. Look, no for one's me. playing here. Yeah. Yeah. If nobody's going to take yeah. it, I'm going to take it. Since we always make these wrestling yeah. uh, analogies, it's almost like 1980s Hulk Hogan. If there's a space to pose, he will pose. (laughs) What? Yokozuna just won the title? Just go run in there and grab it. I better save Bret Hart. (laughs) It's the big showdown in Montreal. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And and so if, 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 with all the music theory and everything I'm ever saying here, if, if young ukulele players hear only one thing I ever say, Work on your musical maturity and realize that you do not have to play in every space there is. Yeah, amen. The, com- the, com- <laughs> the combination of all of you together is what's yeah. going to make awesome music. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. don't get me wrong. If you're doing a solo show, no, you, you. you should play everything. Yeah, you should, you play, should play all the spaces because <laughs> otherwise there's going to be dead air. But if you're no. even playing in a duo, yeah. and I did a lot of work, and these two guys work in a duo. Mm-hmm. They work well together because they complement what they each other does. Mm-hmm. They don't like he. Aaron does not step on Aldrin. Aldrin does not step on Aaron. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's and and that's. A, I see the smile starting. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Okay? No, 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 no. I don't. I don't usually play anything that Aldrin can step on. <laughs> <laughs> but see, here's the thing, and this is this is one of the reasons. And if you ever come to Kauai, you got to watch him play because I'm gonna. Put Aaron over. This guy's a really, really good rhythm guitarist. Yeah. And good that, answer. And, good and, answer. And that's because he knows <laughs> he does. where to go yeah. and when to do it. Like into the mystic, there's so many places yeah. I can step on Aaron's toes. <laughs> <laughs> or like if I'm so, singing. That's kind of the thing. If there was a different guitarist, yeah. sometimes they get that they get yeah. they get all itchy, you know? Like I don't want to just drum the song uh, every time mm. and then they got to start throwing stuff in but it's like yeah. not appropriate at that yeah, moment uh, yeah there's yeah. sometimes where i'm playing with say like kanijo and stuff kanijo's a great you know bass player um he's he's a great guitar player as well but then when i'm playing guitar with him and he uh, he likes a lot of like the you know the old school kind of jazzy sounding chords and stuff uh, but it's more like my job to do those chords because it's like extensions on top of whatever you're building right. down you know so i usually kind of tell him like 
like and and it's hard because it's like dude that sounds awesome what you're doing uh-huh. and stuff but together it doesn't really you know like it, well yeah it and doesn't that really would be match and that's something mm-hmm. that, that the theory does help in the ability to hear yeah because it's one thing if one guy's playing like a c chord and another guy's playing like a c major seven chord yeah you, that there's that little cherry on the top thing, yeah. but if like, like one clash, guy's, yeah. but if two guys mm. are playing a C major seven chord and they voice it differently, mm. there's every chance that it's, some notes are gonna just collide into yeah. each other. It's in it's middle. tough, and it's because like how do you tell someone that without hurting like their ego even? You know, I mean, me and Kenny are good friends. I can tell him stuff like that. But if I'm playing with somebody that I don't know that well, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so it, it's kind of tough. Like, dude, that sounds awesome. But like, maybe like, let me do some of that stuff instead. <laughs> Just do the because, simple chord. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you like play well, yeah, simpler? Yeah, because <laughs> you don't want to feel like, yeah. you don't want to feel like a jerk either. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be like, I don't know, being on stage with, I don't know, like, John Cruz and telling him how to play island style. You <laughs> <He> went there. <laughs> that wasn't me, by the way. That it wasn't, wasn't him. It wasn't me. It wasn't him. <laughs> We've seen someone do that. I don't know how they can walk from there. <laughs> but, um, but we were on stage doing that. Yeah. And the instant this, this musician first, this started, person. This started yeah. talking, we both stared at each other like, like one of those like, like what? Did you see that? Like, it's like, John, what if we play your song like this instead? Because when, when I play your song, your song. Yeah, when I play your song, we do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, okay. and John's like, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we yeah. look at each other like, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> and it was nice how John Cruz had it. He's like, or would you just, you know, like play it? Like, the how, way I like, wrote it? Or, you know, we could just play my song the way I wrote the song? What do you think about that? Is that possible? Next next time I jam with uh was that guy from Ambrosia? Um Dave Pack. Yeah, Dave David Pack. Like, David, David. Just I got this. I got this. <laughs> like, can I show you how to play? I know you've been playing this song. I know you wrote this and you've been playing this song for forty years. But let me show you what yeah. let me show you the the yeah. real the this, real This is the reason why Ambrosia's is not around anymore. <laughs> it's because we don't play it. Actually, play funny, it like they are we still show around. Yeah. <laughs> they are still around. That Just is, not with him. <laughs> David Pack is awesome, man. I David love, I love jam with that dude. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, no, Ambrosia's still around. I think the original bass player is still mm. in that band, and he's the only one who's, still in. Who's gonna replace that voice? Who replaced that Not not who's gonna who replaced that voice? I don't, the guy, the guy that got sounds sounds like Dave Pack. No, but he can, <laughs> but he can hit the notes. Oh, uh, yeah, but there's a different. There's a difference in hitting notes. I can hit notes, but it's not going to sound like Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, the guy sounds good. It's yeah. just you know, it's not David, right? You know, right. I mean, it's the same thing when um. That, that and don't film, you dare bring up Arnel Pinedo because. Because I will exactly fight you. That's exactly <laughs> no, but I know Steve Perry is awesome. He's but. no, they're both amazing. Yeah. But obviously, if you if you listen to like a live show with Steve Perry and a live show with Arnold, you know it's not the same guy. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that one's better than the other one. They're both yeah. amazing. Okay. You know, okay. you can you, you kind of save yourself <laughs> a little bit. I was seeing red. Backstage heat. No, no, no. <laughs> I, you'll never hear me say, oh, no, Pena is not an amazing singer. You know, there, there, there are definitely times when there are guys who replace people in bands. They're doing it because they can do what the other person does. But then it doesn't come across as like, oh, you're just imitating the other guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's, that, I think that's what, then you... that's what, that's probably the criticism you heard about him. Mm. And that's, and that, to me, that's a little unfair. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Then there's then there's guys. <laughs> it's real good. It's good. <laughs> but then there's those guys who replace somebody in a band, mm-hmm. and they they can kind of do it, but they do it in their own way, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the best example of that I would give, probably give is a uh, Bon Scott to um, oh gosh, what was his replacement's name? So ACDC, the lead singer Bon Scott, when he passed in 1980, and Brian Brian Johnson. Who replaced him? They both have kind of that definitely metally high mm. screaming voice, but very different. Yeah. You know, they're very different. Uh, you cannot mistake a Bon Scott song the Brian Johnson. for a Brian Johnson song. But nobody would say either of them is bad. Bad. Yeah. You know, they're just different. Yeah. You know, tell that to Rome, who like who was <laughs> the guy from Supply Sublime. Oh, because <laughs> like Rome does his own thing. Yeah. He sounds good with what he does, Sublime but man, he Rome. just gets skewered by the fans like, yeah, yeah. who really wanted the original singer you know well he's not Guess available so yeah. it's too bad back from the dead <laughs> you know this is what we got <laughs> yeah, not, I, I kind of like Sublime and Rome you know what I mean he's he's not, not, here's the one thing I would say do. to fans of that would you prefer would you prefer that that band not work and make new music then Mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. because that's the that's that's the because if, if you get your way and that guy leaves Sublime, mm-hmm. then that's pretty much what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to have to decide: Do you love the band enough that you would love to hear new music in a different form, mm-hmm. or are you just so stuck on the first album <laughs> that that's all you ever yeah. want to hear? You no one's taking away Forty Ounces of Freedom. You yeah. still have that. You can yeah. listen to that if yeah. you want to. You know, I mean, that's that that's an example mm-hmm. of when I think it goes when it's kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, well, no, he's not that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And more importantly, that's a good example of he's not trying to be that mm, guy either. Yeah. I mean, even Brian Johnson, yeah. who sounds a lot like Bon Scott at times, yeah. he's not trying to no. be him. You know, I think I think anytime someone joins a band that lost a member and they try to be the guy that left, mm. that's absolutely a formula for yeah. failure. I yeah. can't think of any time I've ever seen that happen and it actually turned out well. Yeah, you'll you'll never be Ryan Saki, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many people call you Ryan. <laughs> no matter how many people call it's you true. Ryan. <laughs> okay, hate to cut cut this off, but we have to do our, our songs because I promised last week we're gonna do our songs. No excuses. No it's excuses. five minutes, six minutes before the top of the hour. We're gonna go over time so we can do these songs. Hit it. So, hi, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go first, or I'll, I'll or go you... first. Mine is super short. I wrote one verse and chorus, and uh, in the five weeks that we've had this challenge, never wrote another one since. <laughs> so sometimes short. Here, here we go. I, I need I need my lyrics for the one verse that I did. Um, <coughs> it's it's about like uh, what was what was the guidelines? Guy major minor. Uh yeah right uh or like the the. First guideline or the the needed guideline was right about uh, food. Yeah, and then the, the bonuses were right a happy minor song or mm-hmm. a sad major song. So yeah. <laughs> I did both. I did all three of those things. <laughs> like I in my song, there's a you know there's a happy happy minor and there's a, a sad major. I also wrote about food because that's all I ever write about in the show. <laughs> so it was like this. Ube, ube mochi 
Major minor in there because it starts on minor to the major, then major. Oh, sorry. The E minor to the C and goes to F to the D minor. E7 just to get back to the minor chord. So it's like major minor, major minor, major minor, and then it goes uh, talks about the food um, in, in minor. And then let's talk about like happy times where it's like, man, I remember this. This is good stuff. I love, I love Ubimochi. And it's like, it's sold out because I can't find it anywhere in Kauai. People found out about it. <laughs> and then that's where I made the, uh, the, the major changes in there. That's my song. I wish I wrote a second verse and I wish I had an excuse saying like, I didn't have time or whatever. I had all the time in the world. I just, you know, I just filled it with other things. <laughs> but yeah, that's my song. That's it. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Very cool. Is it this one? Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah, Aaron's gonna play my song okay. on the computer. Uh, let's turn that on. Oh. Yeah, that means it's connected. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's this one, right? Oh, I thought you would have like conga music in yours. Hello, dear imposter. This is your syndrome speaking. Let me read you this roster of your self-critiquing, anxieties and fears, embarrassment and guilt, self-directed tears of everything you built. You want to take a break? Enjoy the weekend. What about that mistake? Don't try to pretend. I'll replay it in your brain so you can't go to sleep. Hey, fold the crane and let your apprehensions deep. Afraid to wake up to unread messages? Expectations pile up, severe talent deficit. Time is not your friend, there's always work to be done. You're just a dead end trying to outrun. Even this song, you're not a writer or a lyricist. Playing a con, you don't have enough experiences. Want to gain some sympathy? Can't practice what you preach? So afraid of the hypocrisy, this is your ego's leech. Where's your qualifications, competence, there's none to be seen, only a mediocre consequence, a fraud smokescreen. I'll tell them where to find it, your gum wrapper collection, your origami connection, send sincerely your reflection. That's why they call Dr. him Fergan. legend. Yeah, deep stuff right deep. there. That's why they call him the Dr. legend Fergan. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's uh, like a F major. Mm-hmm. That was also another part of the mm-hmm. challenge was right in F major. So I, I found like a chord uh, piano kind of pattern in F major. And then, yeah, it's not really sad, but it's just like kind of a serious Melancholy. topic. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, it's supposed to be I got this idea. 
I was telling Aaron, I, I had really kind of bad anxiety one night and I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. So I woke up and I just started writing and I kind of got this I- idea of like, what if my imposter syndrome wrote a letter to me? Mm. So that's why the song starts off. Ah. Hello, dear imposter. This is your syndrome speaking. So like, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, like my thoughts that run in my head when I, I'm like, kind of like, ah, oh, I don't know if this is really good. And I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not really sure of what I'm doing, you know, Man. those kinds of things. So. Not afraid to put it down on paper. I love it. That was amazing. The song is called Origami. And I mentioned like in their like folder crane and gum wrapper collection. And that's because like uh, I have these Japanese gum that you eat and you take the wrapper and you kind of like cut it and then you can make origami out of it. And I've been making paper cranes out of that paper. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just uh, tie into the food challenge. Damn. Mm. Where's yours, Mike? Did you not bring your homework today? You already told me there was one. So. <laughs> oh, that's what all students say. Like, yeah. Homework is due. I didn't know there was homework. Oh, no way. <laughs> no, my dog ate it. <laughs> hey, I already used that. <laughs> my cat ate it. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have a food connection. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I forgot, forgot about it. I was really hung up on this major, minor, minor. major like happy. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to write a happy minor song and then i ended up doing both so it's like a mm. uh, part of it is like happy minor and then it goes to a sad major mm. and then yeah so, <laughs> so so i i i don't know yeah and it's it's higher than i can sing so just imagine it being in tune <laughs> yeah. i'm sure it's gonna be fine I'm sure it's gonna be ba so, yeah Mike. Try, try All the cold hot nights that made you 
So yeah, yeah. So if you'd like to vote for a songwriting <laughs> challenge album to come out from these three guys, please write into Clothing Underground. <laughs> I'm so serious. Every time we do one of these, and I'm here for these, I hear you guys. Tell us, I'm thinking you all could make an incredible, <laughs> just like, like yeah, like a 15 songs, like five of yours, five of yours, five of yours, mm-hmm. and just go nuts on like all the different because it's cool because all five of the songs you guys would do. Would I'll, be, I'll do three of mine and seven of Aaron's. And <laughs> <laughs> Two more of Aaron's. And then Kahai has his own album. Because I got If you I also mean, like to hear an album of Kahai's originals just only, Kahai, please right write into Ukulele Underground. Yeah, we could just burn that CD right now. Dude. Well, I think that's like the thing, too. Mm-hmm. Even like in my song, I, I wrote it, right? And I just like. I write the song and I listen back to it and I'm like, I don't like how this sounds and like, I can't even believe when people say like, you know, even uh, Kira, she, she's like, oh, I really liked your song from the last challenge. And I kind of feel like, you're just saying that because you're my sister. <laughs> you have to say so, that. Okay, so uh, let's, let's get this. Guy, we've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. However, you also know that I am definitely not a person to sugarcoat. Your <laughs> songs are really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, you I, know, I tasted a little you, sugar in there. No, Kahai nah. knows you well enough to know that if I thought it sucked, I'd probably yeah. say it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'd be nice to just say, Kahai, that wasn't your best work. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, yeah. You yeah, did. you did that. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Nah, dude, that was awesome, man. I, I, as soon as I heard your voice, I was like, "Oh snap, here we go!" <laughs> and it just got deeper and deeper. I'm like, "This is." That was one thing I was actually shocked stuff. because this might be the first thing I've ever heard you do on a challenge that wasn't straight in a, instrumental. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's know? done this one is, before. Yeah, it's the yeah. second one. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah I can't sing or do anything and even like I told when I told Aaron like I was like yeah I wrote lyrics uh, but I was like well it's not really lyrics because I'm not like really he's <laughs> like slam poetry <laughs> yeah no, like yeah. yeah it's just I'm just saying stuff over mm-hmm. a song so yeah nice. welcome to rap <laughs> yeah. yeah welcome welcome to beatnik jazz man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have. Because, like, didn't you go to the, the first Thursdays on Oahu too? Yeah, yeah. It was like slam poetry slam on poetry. Oahu. And, like, yeah, I could totally, mm-hmm. he, like, yeah, standing yeah. O on yeah. that one. I think, like, with that, that's the thing. I don't know about you guys, but, like, whenever we do these songwriting challenges, I always, I, my favorite part is hearing your guys' challenge and not really like, oh, my challenge is yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's how it yeah, is for all of us. For, yeah. 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 So I'm that, like, I'll just write whatever. I'm, I'm here to listen to Aaron yeah. and Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I already heard my song. Like, you know, I want to yeah. hear yeah. everybody else's. I think that's why it'd be hard for us to like be like, yeah, we can put out an album of our songs, right? <laughs> We're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. As the semi. I guess semi-objective observer mm-hmm. here. No, <laughs> I can definitely tell you. I can definitely tell you. I've heard at least 
like I said, a 15 song thing. Mm-hmm. I've definitely heard at least five songs you've written that you've written that you and you've more. It's more than that, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That lot. you <laughs> that you could make an awesome, like downloadable album. Just as like the Ukulele Underground songwriting challenge. See, if you don't eventually record Flip Flip Swing, <laughs> Swing, that's taken way back. If you don't at least record that eventually and put that out, I'm gonna be really, really upset. Alan Fasik was still a member of Ukulele Underground Plus when that song came out. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because when we saw him in Denver, he played Flip Flip Swing for me. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. There, yeah. And there's even a member who actually does go back through mm-hmm. each podcast and cuts out each of our songs and they have like a Google Drive with our songs in it. <laughs> and, That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll also admit that when I need to look for one of our songs <laughs> to put in the you link. You reference the Google yeah, Drive? Yeah, I do. I use that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm awesome. to this. Oh, this is the one with the, awesome. the fried chicken or whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so let's, let's tend to some business a little bit. I know we're a little bit over time. Okay. But in about 20 minutes, we will have uh, the Ukulele Underground open mic. Are you sticking around, Mike? I or? can't today. Okay, okay. No, it's cool. It's cool. I've I actually got to run into school. It's our first day. <laughs> I got to <laughs> see the first day with band kids. Oh, wow. I have fun, man. You're like doing stuff. And like well, helping we'll people and whatnot. Helping people. It's an interesting year. <laughs> yeah. I the, first, the first post-crazy year band is... Mm-hmm. Give, is give them an example. It'll be like, if you take my band class, look what you can become in 10 years. You can have your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so here, this is our composition. We have 37 kids. I wow. have one kid who's in his third year. Yeah. No four year, fourth years. Mm-hmm. One wow. second year. And all the rest are first years. What? <laughs> this year is going to be interesting. Oh, Good man. So, Good luck. for those of you who have Just no idea what that means. Tylenol. <laughs> a gallon. Of, uh, that means I have 34 kids who've never touched an instrument before. Oof. And homecoming is at the end of September. Oh. Oh. Everyone play everyone play drums. <laughs> play percussion. Uh, honestly, I'm not, yeah. I'm not opposed to that. I don't get them. Maybe this is the percussion yeah. band you yeah. Well, that's how it was when I was in high school. <laughs> the percussion band. I mean, because it's like, <laughs> here, take this cowbell and go yeah. stand in that yeah. corner. See, you got you have you have to pull a, a Macintosh. Macintosh would have done it. Of course he would have, and yeah. we'll pull this off too. I'm just not sure how or what it's going to sound like when it actually comes down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, in you know, at two thirty, we're going to start our Ukulele on the Ground open mic. We do this every first Thursday of the month. So if you have a song or two to share, uh, you can definitely join us on Ukulele Underground open mic. I'm going to um, post a, uh, a little posting on our Instagram before we start. Also, just to remind those people. Um, let's see, Kahai. Uh, the, Kai's gonna be yeah. Kai, you're gonna be gone a couple weeks, right? But we're still oh, gonna yeah. we're still gonna have our you know our, our podcast. So well, the podcast, but a little Friday is not gonna be. Well, not be it's not next week. I'm gonna still be here next week. Yeah. But the following week, uh, we're gonna have kind of we'll probably have like a a, a replay, replay of the podcast mm-hmm. or like a pre-recorded podcast. Yeah. And we won't have the jam. Yeah, and then we'll have Friday jam. It's just one week, though. We'll be back mm-hmm. to our regularly mm-hmm. scheduled. They're just going to play the Google Drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Aloha Friday on the, the 20th. That's the one? 
Yeah, yeah. That okay. we won't have. So just letting people know, you know, like to plan ahead. We're not going to have it. Uh, we're not going to have a lower Friday Live Jam. But fret not. You can just watch any of the uh, replays and pretend like it's live. You know, it's the same thing, I guess. Um, to last week, you can watch Aldrin play clarinet again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I was very happy with that. So um, let's see. What else? Yeah, that's basically it. We have uh, a brand new lesson. We have The Way by Fast. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, The Way by Fastball. Make sure you check that out. Some Game Boy color has, some ge- has yeah. a guest star yeah kirby <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think about it but also mm. our solo kind of has a tie into the game boy as well right yeah yeah uh poke did that come out already no it's gonna come out next oh, okay week. so but you oh, can say oh, what oh, it is. i was gonna i almost uh, let it it's a it's pallet town from pokemon i did a, a nice little um campanella arrangement of it so for those of you folks who have been interested in campanella this is this is the one to watch. This is the arrangement to uh, to check out because it's <laughs> it's pretty much like pure campanella up until it gets to the right when it gets to the C and D part yeah. and stuff. But even then, I kind of put some campanella parts in there. But for the most part, it's uh it's mostly uh, mostly campanella. So if yeah. you're interested in that style. If you want a challenge, this is a good one. To yeah, it was a challenge for Kahai to put together. So, <laughs> how was it hard? No, but it's not I, bad, right? I, I've uh, to do the notes. I I kind of have to follow along too, and yeah. I, even following along, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a toughie. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, good luck on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice, man. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. So make sure you check that out when it comes out. That's gonna be what next week. Uh, yeah, on the fifteenth. Yeah, on the fifteenth. So. That's uh, it's coming out soon. Palette Town from the original Red and Blue Pokemon uh, Pokemon games. So that's I've, I've been really obsessed with Game Boys lately, and um, that's that's been stuck in my head. So I figured, Kai, let's do this because it's it's fun because it's it's fun. <laughs> so check that out. We'll see you folks in just a little bit for the uh, open mic. Have a great one. Thank you so much to our special guest, Mike. Anytime, Yay. Nice to see all of you. Enigma, the phenom, <laughs> is that magic Mike Odo? Oh, okay. <laughs> Have a great one, everyone. Aloha.